So good morning, guys. How are we doing this morning? We well? Lovely. And uh, this is my first time, my wife and I, first time here at uh, Glenridge Church. So I'm not sure if we need to be here or head to Practical Deliverance, but uh, it's a very beautiful church and excited to be able to share with you this morning. And just as a way of introduction, as Yoli hands out some, uh, just a little practical handbook, a little hand guide. Uh, we from Outlook Church, obviously my name's Scott, that's my beautiful wife Yolanda, and uh, from Outlook Church all the way in Richards Bay, and um, we are a part of a great eldership team, uh, a very weird team as well, but we've seen publicly that, uh, you know, God put together some weird teams, and I'm one of those weird people, and uh, so we serve an amazing God who puts together teams that are able to bring you much glory, and uh, so we're really excited to be here this morning, and uh, we're going to be sharing something, and uh, we, we do just want to take the opportunity and say we appreciate you coming to this little uh, breakout session. I am also aware that you had absolutely no choice in the matter. And so if it really sucks this morning, uh, please go chat to Stan and Heather. They're a great couple, and they'd be willing to take your complaints. But I'm just trusting that you can take some nuggets this morning as we share something with you guys. And um, so we've been asked to, uh, excuse my notes, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm from Richards Bay. And so we like not really tech savvy. I do have a, a tablet, but I don't really know how it works. So uh, I'll, be, I'll be using old school paper this morning. And um, so we've been asked to chat around the topic of uh, mobilizing and keeping volunteers. And what I'm hoping not to do this morning is I'm hoping not to preach to you. Honestly, we, we're here as a group of leaders. We're here as a group of elders. And, and so what we're hoping to do is pull you along, invite you onto a journey that my wife and I have been on um, at Outlook Church, and uh, something we're really passionate about is volunteers, is servants, and um, so we're hoping just to invite you into our space and, and share with you some of our experience, some of the things that we've seen, the things that we've uh, applied and done over the years, and then hopefully you, are, you guys are able to draw a nugget to two awesome questions. This is a discussion, again, it's not a preach, and so please do feel free at any stage, maybe just during Yoli while she's sharing, not mine, just ask questions, and I'm sure she can answer those as best as she can. So um, when it comes to mobilizing and keeping volunteers, I don't think there is a one-size-fits-all on the how to mobilizing and keeping volunteers in every single church. Um, but again, I'm hoping that we can pull out a little nugget that we can hold on to that hopefully we can apply uh, on our journeys, on your journey, as you are trying to mobilize and keep volunteers serving in the local church. And I want to start with a bit of a, a story as to how, um, I suppose it's a, a turning point on our, on our journey. And it began with a GLS, and I'm sure most of you would know what a GLS is, a Global Leadership Summit. It's a great leadership uh, event. And if you haven't been to one, I'd really encourage you as leaders to, to go to one of those. And um, so we... The one year, I think it was 2017 or even 2016, we got asked to lead one of these events. And uh, what we didn't know is that it would come with a whole host of volunteer requirements. And I think we had about 350 folk attending. I'm sure you've, not in, you've been to one of these things. 350 folk attending this, but it required about 60 volunteers, which is quite a hectic ratio. Um, but what we found is that we were exposed to some of the most passionate volunteers that, uh, that were part of that team. And, you know, a great team that we enjoyed working with. But um, it did lead to a bit of a problem because these oaks were almost overly passionate. You see, at some stage, I had to literally go and yank some of these volunteers out from the portaloos. 
I mean, these oaks were hardcore. I mean, they were cleaning those things, and I had to be like, where are our volunteers? And I mean, the worst job you could possibly do at that event was to clean the porta loos. I mean, anyone use one of those loos? I mean, they're not a pleasant space to be in, and yet we found our volunteers so passionately serving in those toilets, the worst spot, but it's because they had caught the heart of the mission that lay before them. It wasn't just about what they were doing. They actually caught the heart, and they were keeping those things super clean. And, you know, just a bit of a testimony. At the end of the GLS, I mean, we're talking about a two-day high-quality event with great content, some amazing speakers, some even better food, and yet some of the best feedback we got from the people who attended that event was, wow, those people served with so much passion. It wasn't about the quality content. It wasn't about the food. People were seeing that actually attended the event. They were seeing the servants, the volunteers behind it. And it actually just blew us away. And it was something, I guess for us, it was, it was something of a beginning of a journey that we were saying that, wow, wouldn't it be great if we could transfer how these people were serving at this event into our everyday life of how we express church, of how we participate in church. See, they, they, had caught, they had caught more than just what to do. They had caught a heart for the mission that they were involved in. Um, you know, we had a simple mission statement, a simple why of, of why we wanted to serve well at that event, and that was to create a distraction-free environment so people could focus on the content and what was being spoken about. I mean, the reality is you step into a portal. I'm sorry, this is a very, I mean, I'm from Richards Bay. I did tell you guys. You step into one of these toilets, and it's like not pleasant to use, I mean, the re you're probably going to go back to your table where you're sharing lunch and say, hey, did you see how sift that toilet was? And, and so immediately your attention has now drifted from actually what you're there to do onto a discussion about a porta potty. And yet now when you, those very passionate volunteers had been scrubbing and doing whatever they were doing, I don't want to know what they were doing, but they had been so busy, you walk in and actually it's a pleasant experience it's a non-event. You go back to your table and say, hey, did you hear about X, Y, and Z, what they were saying about this? And all of a sudden, your focus is on the right thing and not on the distraction of a Sif portaloo. The why they were doing, the why they were serving far outweighed the what they were doing. In other words, the mission was far greater than the duty. The mission was far greater than the duty. Someone tells you what to do. I mean, you, you, you all look like nice people. I'm sure you're going to do it. That's until they, they irritate you enough or they rub up Mr. and Mrs. Sandpaper. They rub up against you enough that you actually know they've miffed me off and now I'm just not going to simply serve because I don't like that person anymore. But if someone casts a vision of why you're doing something then I believe that there is a greater, more sustaining motivation to do it and to continue doing it. The why is far greater than the what. The why, again, needs to be simple and concise and clear. If we complicate that why, then again, it's like, oh, why am I serving? I've got this whole essay in my mind. Actually, for our GLS, and I'm using it as an example, our GLS was distraction-free environment. Simple, clear, concise, people could hold on to it. They knew it's not about scrubbing, it's actually I'm doing this because I know there's something greater you know, involved. It's not just about keeping a toilet clean. The why was simple, it was concise, it was clear. 
not based on something earthly, not based on an earthly person, not based on just achieving something. So how do we mobilize and keep volunteers then? And again, I'm, I'm, I really don't want to preach to the choir this morning. I know that most of you have got a great culture of, of servanthood, of volunteers in your church. But this is just something that we've picked up, something that we've learned, something that we've tried to implement during our journey, and uh, which has seemed to bear some form of fruit. So number one, less task-orientated, more vision-orientated. And again, maybe it's just because we're from Richards Bay, Outlook Church, we have a super simple vision statement. And are you ready for this? Because this is massive. Take notes. Our vision statement is... It's Jesus. That's it. Blow you as well. Yes? It's just me. That's our vision statement. It's Jesus. We need to keep volunteers by showing them the vision, not just the task that we have for them. Secondly, it's less emphasis on roster, more focus on mission. Less emphasis on roster, more focus on mission. Hammering on about being on duty or on a roster puts people off in the long run. And I know it does speak about duty in the Bible, but Jesus was more about mission than he was about duty. He says, we, if we hammer on about being on duty or on a roster, people will always be motivated until some of that motivation just fizzles out. And then all of a sudden, it seems that their cats are always sick on a Sunday morning and they can't rock up to be on duty. See, rosters are a great organizational tool, and we're definitely not against rosters. But we need to make sure that our mission is greater than our roster. Our mission holds a greater value than just the roster that gets sent out every week. Constantly reminding our volunteers that we are all on mission together. Actually, this is a place of privilege, not just a place of position that we need to just get stuff done. We always say that serving should not be an optional extra. I mean, if you are a Jesus follower, actually that's a part of your fundamental DNA. And uh, just to share another story, the, our, our team lead, Brent, uh, Brent Braden, I'm sure many of you would know him. He went on a trip to Australia, I know of all places. And they, uh, they had an equip where they met up with Dudley Daniel to be trained and equipped. And uh, he was saying that they visited a, a bunch of churches and that one particular church stood out. Because it seemed like no one attended this church, but everyone served in the church. And, and he said, well, you know, tell us a little bit about your serving team. So he said, well, well Brent, sorry, you're going to have to sign up on our waiting list. And then if there's a gap, then you can join our serving teams. And he thought, well, how does that work? He said, well, everyone just serves. You see, serving was part of their DNA. It wasn't just their duty. And so they jumped on. You see, the why they were doing it was far greater than what they were doing. If they were at church on any particular Sunday, then they were serving. They didn't need to be rostered. They didn't need to be put on a list. They were serving because that's what they did. It was part of their DNA. So um, we're going to dive into some practical things, but I want to show just, uh, I asked a couple of folk just to, to record a short little snippet on why serving was so important and just the difference between mission and duty. So let me just click this away and uh, so we get it right. So what do I love most about serving? I think it's when it was a really bad day and you're serving and you're tired and you're like, was this worth it? 
and then the next day you hear a story of what God did in that service and you're like, actually it is worth it. What's the difference between being on duty and on mission? I think being on duty is, is great, but I think being on mission is just being aware of what's actually going on and having an expectation that what you're going to do is going to lead to God doing something through you. What I love most about serving is just how impactful you can be to someone who's never met Jesus, who's never experienced the kind of love a church can offer, um, especially when it's their first time ever coming into this environment. So it is about being impactful. So the difference for me is that on mission, you have the heart of God in mind and you are working towards a goal whereas in on duty you have a job you have to check all the boxes you have to just be all meticulous about what you're doing but actually on mission you're involving your heart you're involving the hearts of others and a lot of compassion is involved. What I like most about serving is that serving fills me up serving is my purpose and passion. Being on duty is the fact that you always wanting to get things done without the passion and without the purpose of it and being on mission is that you always want to get things done but with the love and with the right purpose and the right heart. So I like serving because it makes me feel like I'm a part of something greater. Um, it gives me a sense of fulfillment knowing that I have a direct impact and when I'm working with people and I feel happy doing kingdom work. So we are always on mission for Jesus and um, it's an everyday thing, it's a lifestyle. But when you're on duty, it's a clock in and clocking out sort of thing. But when you're on mission, there's no such thing as clocking out. I love serving because I know that God has a purpose and plan for my life. And it's not just to come to church on a Sunday and listen to the word and go home, but really be part of a family that is doing something for His people. So on duty, it's like almost, I have to be here. I don't really want to be here. I'm just do, doing it out of an obligation. But on mission, it is stemming from loving Jesus. I want to do it. I want to serve Him. I want to serve His people. So that's why on mission is better than being just on duty. So what I love most about serving is that it gets to connect us with uh, a lot of people, community, and you get to learn from different people. And serving literally does direct you to God's will. And I think once you get God's will, you find the purpose. And I think the purpose is more of being in tune with God's heart and knowing exactly where you're going. So it's, it's something that has way more purpose because you're just aligning yourself to where God is called. So for me, the difference between having a duty and actually being on mission is that having a duty is you actually fulfilling requirements that you are given and it's so systematic um, but being on mission is saying hey every day I'm choosing to follow what God intends me to do and basically aligning yourself with God's will and saying hey today I'm going to do what God has said and that's being on mission for me. Does that make sense? Okay. So there you have it, Some, you're just the heart behind being on mission versus being on duty. So back to some practical stuff, um, you know, where we changed our, our, you know, calling our volunteers, volunteers to calling them serving teams. Um, you know, so we, we don't believe in, you know, a cause, we believe in Jesus and following his example. Um, and then when you volunteer, usually, you know, um, do it for an organization, but when we serve, we do it for a master, which is Jesus. And we simply can't be more like Jesus with, without serving. So, yeah. Then, secondly, hospitality meeting. This is something we um, started a couple of years ago. 
It used to be called our volunteer meeting, but we changed it to hospitality meeting because as um, serving teams, we are hosting people coming through our doors and we are making them feel welcome through the way we are serving. The why behind this meeting is to build unity and faith, to inspire and to, to just cast vision. So, um, and then what do, these, what do these meetings look like? They are usually very short, max seven minutes. Um, they happen about 30 minutes before our meeting. Uh, we literally ring a bell and everyone stops what they're doing, all tools down, and everyone joins in a circle and we have our hospitality meeting. Then the person leading that meeting on the day, that's an opportunity for them to cast vision, to inspire, um, not to preach or to teach. And then usually we try to um, share some testimonies as well of what, what happened the previous week. Um, and then we, we pray together for the day. So it's been really amazing. Some fruit we've seen from these meetings is there is a greater unity amongst all the teams. Um, we found that meeting corporately before the service, just, um, you know, it just wove the teams together and it gave them an opportunity to see who they are serving with on the day, who they are on mission with on the day. And it also created this thing of, you know, everyone is on the same page. We move into the same direction. There's a corporate excitement. And, and then lastly, um, people are actually on time. People arrived on time to start their serving spot or whatever. So um, we, we encourage them to, if you're serving at the 8 o'clock service, then your day doesn't start at quarter to 8 or 8 o'clock. Your day starts at 7.30 when our hospitality meeting starts. And yeah, it's been really great. Then thirdly, our serving team Tuesdays, one of our favorite events. It happens, um, it's usually like a super fun evening, happens twice a year, somewhere in the beginning of the year and then somewhere towards the end of the year. The, also, coming from the GLS, um, when we had that, the first time we hosted that massive event, we had an evening where we just called all the, the volunteers together and um, we just wanted to basically give them, you know, what's happening what's expected of you and all of that. And we decided, well, let's just include a meal before the time. Let's have some fun. Let's eat, eat together. And then we moved on to giving them the, the stuff for the next day, what's going to be expected, what times, all of those things. And it was such a great evening that we decided, no, we want to have this at a, at a church-serving level. And, and then we started having them. So the big why behind these meetings uh, or these evenings are like, you know, it, we just found that it builds incredible unity and fellowship beyond a Sunday serving. Um, you know, at these evenings, um, you know, we celebrate the volunteers, we love on them, we thank them. Um, and just that fellowship, you know, friends serve better together. What the evening looks like, usually a bring and share. The last one we had, we decided, no, we're going to provide the meal. And simple, we just asked a few ladies to make a few pots of soup. Um, the church supplied the stuff and everyone came. You don't have to worry about dinner. Came and had dinner together, um, spent some time together, about 45 minutes. And then we have 45 minutes in the hall where it's usually like fun. We introduce the different teams, introduce new leaders or new teams. We have some, yeah, lots of fun. 45% of the evening is spent just laughing. So it's uh, very nice. We encourage... Um, your house usually on a, on a Tuesday evening, uh, so that's usually our connect group evening. So we encourage all the connect groups to close for that evening and then join our serving team Tuesday. 
So it's also a great evening for those that are wanting to join a team that's not part of a team to come and check it out, ask questions about um, whatever team they would like to join, where can they fit in, um, and yeah, so it's a great place for newbies to come. And then while we are in the hall, we, we, we share vision, we, we thank them, we, we celebrate them, we just, you know, emphasize the big why once again. It just, um, it, yeah, it really just brings everyone onto the same page. Um, yeah, so that's our Seven Team Tuesday, a very awesome evening. Then we've got a Seven Team Sunday. We usually only do those like once a year. Um, simply, we just focus on serving teams that day and, and especially make space for newbies to sign up to join a team. So we basically have every serving team has a table that one of the team members man and then people can go and sign up to join a team. So they can go to those tables, ask their questions and they can join a team. Then the, the fifth one is, that's probably an obvious one, uh, team captains. We've got team captains for every serving team. Um, so yeah, as, the, as the number of servants grows, so we need more team captains to oversee those teams, to keep them inspired and full of faith, and also to make sure that they've got enough feet on the ground um, on that day of the service or event. Um, and then we've, we've got a, a WhatsApp group where all these team captains are on. And then we can you know, communicate vision, the why, the, some details. We've got a massive event coming up. We can communicate you know, on that group and like, hey, we need some extra feet on the ground or, yeah. So that's been just amazing having team captains, you know, like also, um, yeah, just, yeah, having people mobilizing the teams. Um, yeah, very cool. Then uh, another practical thing we've done is uh, parking. We encourage all our serving teams to park the furthest away from the door. So in our case, it is outside on a little field um, or on the verge. So we, um, the, the, the why behind this is, you know, our serving don't just start with handing out that first um, cup of coffee, but it starts with something simple as where we park on a, on a Sunday or with an event. And this communicates that, you know, we value those coming through our doors. And it also, you know, um, encourages that servant heart, um, you know, before we start the event. So, yeah. Then second from last, we've got shirts. I'm currently wearing one. Uh, it's our called to serve shirts. So we have them on sale for all the teams to, to purchase and just simply to create unity. We found that you know, everyone wearing the same shirt uh, just create unity as a team and then people knows you're serving and knows you they can go and ask a question. Um, you know, so it just helps identify the team for the day. Then lastly, uh, we've got an appreciation lunch that happens usually at the end of the year where we basically invite all our serving teams um, and leaders to, to this lunch, and then we encourage the elders to, to serve the lunch. And this is simply just to thank the volunteers, to love on them, and to celebrate them. And yeah, it's an amazing occasion, everyone just coming together and uh, spending time together. So yeah, so those are just eight things that we are currently doing that's really helping us. Um, yeah, hope it helps. So usually this is the, uh, the time where we open up the floor for a couple of questions, but I thought I'd flip the tables this morning and, and ask you some questions. Um, again, not just to 
you know, there's no right, right or wrong, but rather actually we want to get better as a team. We want to get better as leaders, raising, mobilizing, and releasing uh, volunteers and servants in the kingdom of God. So I want to ask this morning, what do you think a healthy percentage of servants should be in, in church? And again, the floor's open. It's not a, this is a, a discussion, not a... Well, that's true. I mean, and that saying is 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. I think kingdom-based, I would imagine that we could flip the tables on that and say 80% of the people should be working rather than that 20% doing 80% of the work. I mean, and again, for us, you know, it's serve, serving isn't, isn't just to tick tasks off, isn't just to get things done. Serving is actually so much more than that. It's, you know, what we're finding is it, it's a fundamental part of every Jesus follower's journey. You know, and if you're not serving, then we've got to be asking the question, why not? And it's, you wanted to say, sorry. Everyone should be serving, yeah. And I love, I love we've, we've got a midweek service on, on, our, on a Thursday. And um, usually, I mean, we, we start that service during, you know, just coming out of the COVID times. And, and so we've naturally seen that it was aimed at uh, the more experienced folk, you know, 65 plus. And, uh, and it's stuck that way. I mean, still to our Thursday services, you know, if you uh, 65 plus, you know. And, um, and so it's amazing to see that some of them haven't lost that heart for serving. You know? and, and yes, you don't have to be up there every single Sunday shaking a hand or, or giving a coffee for some people. Auntie Eleanor, I mean, she, I don't even know how old she is, but she's old. And I mean, she can't move around so swiftly. But, and yet, there, there's something of her heart that's like, hey, even if I have to... Oh, for questions. Okay. You know, you can see, it's like, even if I can get this one plate to my friend, and it takes half an hour, still I'm, I'm serving in some capacity. And so, it's, I guess, for us, it's, it's the heart behind it, not just the what you can do. And um, so, the second question, I, did anyone else want to say in terms of percentage? You even get a microphone with a long cord. Yeah, um, I don't know if I need the microphone, but I, I, I just really, like, I like what you said about living for And I think that's, that's been so helpful for us is differentiating the why from the what. Because, I mean, Rasta, you're on our welcome duty. But, but, you know, your serving doesn't only apply to welcome duty. You know, the problem is, like, let's take GLS, for example. I mean, we've got 56 volunteers. But, I mean, if you're in charge of making the food and you're walking past and there's, like, 49 pieces of litter on the floor... I mean, part of your job, actually, as your serving, should be to pick that up. You're not just involved in, in cooking the food. And, and so often the what boxes us. You know, it, it, it defines, it too tightly defines what we should be doing. 
Whereas once we catch the why, then it's easier for us to say, actually, I'm part of a greater team and I'm, I'm serving someone greater than just these pieces of paper. So let me pick it up to, to ensure that the whole event or, or the whole thing is actually, you know, done to a standard. Um, so, yeah, that's a great answer. Anything else? What is, the, what is one of the biggest roadblocks as to why people don't serve in the local church? And again, no right or wrong answers. I mean, we're just trying to learn. We're trying to learn from you guys as much as we're trying to. Yes, I do think so. So if you if you'd be willing to, uh, I'm going to pull a little bit forward here and you can come to the front here. Is that cool? I could also do that. I just thought you might want to stretch your legs. I mean, <laughs> And people know. can see you. From experience, hello, testing one, two, it's working. Okay, cool. Oh, shoot. <laughs> so I think um, the greatest challenge that people have when they're serving is that they feel disqualified because they will see us in the front doing stuff and they don't know if they feel adequate enough to do it because they are coming from a place where they maybe just knew, uh, saved for the first time. They don't know how to approach and stuff like that. So I think people just feel a bit more disqualified. Than, but we are all the same mm. person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Anyone else want to touch? Biggest, biggest, biggest roadblock. Yeah, maybe one of the big things is just, you know, people having the wrong mindset that uh, the church was here to serve me. Uh, and so every, everyone comes kind of to be served. And I think if we can help people to understand that everything about, about Jesus, everything about Christianity is actually about giving. So we, we part of, because it's such a, a privilege and such an incredible blessing to be able to give. Um, so if we can help to turn that the mindset around perhaps, that it's about that. Yeah, it's a great answer. And, and, and again, it's so often we take it for granted that people know this. Yeah. You know, they know that, hey, surely you know that the kingdom of God is about giving. But yet, uh, you know, what we find is the more often we can remind people about that, not preach to them, but remind them. Actually, you know, if you look at the life of Jesus, how he served versus was served, I mean, he, he gave up so much and, and he did it for his people. And so we need to be constantly reminding, actually, it's, you know, it's, we don't work on a 2080 principle. We work on the principle of Jesus, and he served. And so we should be doing that as well. Um, we've got one question, but I think we, we're going to run out of time. I want to open up. Just any, any questions that you guys want to ask? Sure. It's a simple thing. Is Do you guys preach it from the front at all? Yes. Or do you only do it on these Tuesdays and Sundays? Do you often have, let's preach this topic, Serving to the church. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good oh, I can a, add something onto that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yes, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I ask that you save the difficult ones for Yoli, please. But uh, no, absolutely. And I mean, again, I think it's, it needs to sort of that vein needs to run through whatever you're sharing from the front. I mean, it's, if, we, if we're only leaving it for if we're only leaving it for these Tuesdays or that once a year Sunday, then, then we're going to miss it. 
you know, and, and again, I mean, it's, it's easy enough to bring, I mean, if you start speaking about Jesus, if you're not seeing a servanthood while speaking about Jesus, then, then you're missing Jesus again. And so absolutely, I think where, where, where possible, we do try to include, um, you know, not specifically like, hey, you need to be serving because Jesus did, but, but rather just bringing some form of vein into what you're sharing. Absolutely, yeah. The other question is, we, we've got an older church. Um, yeah. Our average age is probably 50 and up. Okay. And we had about 300. Yes. So there aren't many young guys. Yeah. And a lot of the old bullies are saying, listen, I've done my share. Sure. Um, we go and ask him, is we physically saying, can, yeah. will you serve? No, but I've done my share. Yeah, yeah. So that's another issue we battle with. No, absolutely. And, it, and I, again, I don't know if I would promote them going to clean the portaloos, for example. You know, and, but, but, but also we can't promote not serving. And so we've got to find creative ways that they can continue serving. We've got, to, we've got to find a way to be able to effectively communicate, you know, without, without offending them, you know, because, yes, I mean, that's, that's a typical, once, once again, that's a typical businessman mentality, whereas I've worked to 60 years old, now I'm enjoying my retirement. And I, I think when it comes to serving, we don't get to go into retirement. Um, because immediately, I mean, we're not just talking about something physical. They've made a decision in the heart to say, I've done my time. And, and, and so we've got to be careful that we communicate and say, actually, no, we hear that. We're not asking you to clean port to lose, but actually we, we're saying that don't harden your heart towards serving. Yeah. And I think something we communicate from the front as well is that everyone has their spot. Um, you know, the Ephesians 4 verse 16 um, scripture that everyone has their spot um, and, you know, the one year, I remember after Brent was preaching, Uncle John, now he's, he was also at the time over 60 possibly, and he said, no, listen, his gift is teaching. He's got a teaching gift, and he's not too old to, to use it. And he started um, equipping people in Bible study, and he's still going. He's now got a little YouTube channel going, and it's a podcast, and he's still going. So wherever your fit is, whatever gift um, God has given you, you can use it no matter your age. And again, he's, he's uh, sorry, man. He's even if you even if your YouTube channel has three followers, I mean, it's not about that. It's about you doing what God has called you to do. And uh, he runs a little podcast. I mean, talk about. I mean, he's like seven years old and he runs a podcast. I mean, that's so modern, and yet it's just finding creative ways to serve. And that's serving. It's not only about the physical. But you wanted to say. Ask a question. Can I ask another question? Yes, please. Okay. Yeah. In a church with that's got multiple departments, so if you have kids, worship, uh, parking, coffee, security, yeah. are you guys? Do you have a couple on staff or in the church that oversights volunteers as a whole? Mm. And how are you guys? So if each of those departments have got captains or leaders, yes. are you empowering those captains to lead? Are you, how you, how are you developing the culture within the church and yeah. those twice a year? get-togethers, is that the only time that the oversight of volunteers is touching base with the volunteers? What is kind of the outworking through the year to maintain? Because not every team captain's sure. good at de dealing with volunteers. Absolutely. So how do you keep that culture going? That's a it's a great question. Do you want to touch base on it? Yeah, so that's Scott and myself. We're overseeing all the um, volunteer cap oh, the serving team captains. And um, yes, definitely those two Tuesdays here is our main, main event. But we also do personal engagement with them on a one-on-one -on -one level um, where we check in with their teams. How's your team doing? How can we help? Um, what's the roadblocks? So it's not just corporately, but, you know, individually as well. 
Um, so, so yeah, and then we've got that WhatsApp group where we communicate on as well, you know, whatever vision or details, whatever we need to communicate. But yeah, definitely on a one-on-one -on -one level as well. Yeah, and what we and what we found is that some folk do require more intensive care than others, yeah. and so it's about just you know having that emotional uh, intelligence to know. I mean, we would love to spend time, we'd love to go and have dinners, you know, every Tuesday or whatever it was with every single team captain. But the reality is, I mean, people, people live busy lives. I mean, that's, yeah. and so, but yes, it's about finding those people, spending more time with those that require it. Um, but, but absolutely, we check in with them fairly often. And, you know, the nice thing about that is you're sharing the vision with them, you're empowering them, and they're sharing it. And the amount of times that we get photos on the group with, hey, we're having, we having a meal with our team tonight, you know, and, and that's not prescribed to them. They've taken it. They've caught the heart and said, actually, no, we need to now sit with our kids' ministry team and they have a dinner together and let's just have some fun. And so they build unity and, and, and share vision in those teams. And so, yes, but it is crucial to, to touch base and keep on top of those teams. Right, and I think we've run out of time, but I think that's it. And um, so I'm, I want to pray for us, honestly. This is not, again, this is not something that we... That we journey with, uh, you know, our cleverness, our wisdom, but actually Holy Spirit, you know, he's the great God, the teacher, he leads. So Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, just for the blessing of being a part of your church. And uh, thank you, Lord, that uh, you know, you've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we pray, even this morning, that you would continue to lead, to guide, to show us the road. That you are the Holy Spirit that imparts wisdom to us. That you give us creative ideas to be able to draw your people in to continue to serve you, Jesus. And we do pray that the Holy Spirit, that you will give us these ideas, that you would fill us with a new creativity, a new passion. Thank you, Lord, for your church. Thank you that, yeah, that the church is your bride. Thank you that you're coming back for your bride. And Lord, I pray that you, as leaders, that you will empower us to be able to, to uh, just to show your love and show the big why to, to the people, why they need to be on board as well, just to serve you, a wonderful living God. So thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and we say, worthy are you to be praised, Lord, in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys, for joining us. Go out and enjoy a cup of free coffee, I believe, and uh, we'll touch base soon.